Hi, I'm Simon Worthington, and this is the Belfast Design Week podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Kinos. Kinos is a company that develops digital technology that helps people work smarter, better, and faster. They do this by creating bespoke solutions for public and private organizations across the world, building innovative software platforms that make life easier for clients, including the DVSA, the NHS, and Netflix. By following a user-centered approach, Kinos delivers services that meet the needs, expectations, and behaviors of their users. Their user research and insight allow them to truly understand their clients and to find appropriate solutions. Year on year, Kinos's design capability is growing and works so well because they combine their design experience with wider technical capabilities, working quickly and collaboratively to turn insights, concepts, and designs into practical solutions. Each year at Belfast Design Week, we employ a theme to challenge ourselves to think about different aspects of design. In 2018, our theme was Future Heritage, which sparked a fascinating discussion amongst designers of all disciplines about Belfast, as a design city, what it's like in its current condition, and what the city could become. This year, the theme for Belfast Design Week is power. And throughout this podcast mini-series, we invite you to consider what that means to you and your work. Be it the power dynamic that shapes the design industry, the power of effective and beautiful design, or the negatives and positives of struggling with our own sense of powerfulness. In this mini-series, we'll get to know the people behind some of the most fascinating design happening in Ireland today and listen to their stories, experiences and ideas. We want to use the power of their stories to teach us all something new, to appreciate and learn more about the design industry. As when you're a designer, you never stop learning. Whether you work on UX, graphic design or illustration or hand lettering, there's always something new to learn. Our guest today is the tech entrepreneur Connell Laverty. Connell is the founder of Waya, a cloud service for developers working on the internet of things and connected devices. Since starting up in Belfast, Waya has gone from strength to strength, going through an accelerator in Dublin and catching the eye of investors. Connell has continued working in Dublin from Dogpatch Labs, but on a return to his native Belfast, we catch up with him about starting and scaling a business and designing for the tech sector. This interview was conducted by Krishma Kursakar. Connell, welcome to the show. Hey, Grishma. So tell us a bit about yourself and what Waya is. Is that how you pronounce it as well? Yeah, Waya is right. Um, so some people say Waya, Waya, kind of and everything in between, but there there is a slight meaning to it. So um, we, we work in the Internet of Things industry, and I'll probably chat about that, um, that a bit more in, in, a, in a moment. But um, in that industry, there are, the electronics tell you three things, um, who, who they are, what they are, and where they are. Um, and so that's where we kind of have that kind of mispronunciation on the, on the kind of the acronym itself. Um, so, uh, so so a bit of background on myself, I guess. Uh, I've always been some form of an engineer. Um, so starting off, with, I guess, uh, with a kind of Lego mentality um, at a young age and then uh, taking computers apart whenever I was about eight years old and then realizing that when I put them back together, they do even more. Um, so, so, so we had this real fascination with kind of uh, technology and how it worked from from a very very young age, and and even had my I guess my first uh, startup. Um, I, would, I wouldn't have called it a startup; it was more just a website. Um, when I when I was thirteen, um, and that was that was an exciting experience where I kind of just taught myself a lot of uh, programming up to that date by uh, reverse engineering websites. So going into them and kind of 
changing little things on existing websites that were out there and seeing what that what those uh, kind of modifications to the code did. Um, then I, uh, I I then went, went, kind of eventually went, went to university mm-hmm. uh, and started studying electronics and software engineering. Um, and I actually dropped out halfway through first year um, just to, just to get that you know that kind of that t- uh, typical uh, kind of t- tech person thing done, you know, where you have to have, you have to at least be a dropout doesn't mean you can't <laughs> go back. Um, so then I, I, I became a piano teacher for a while and then I did go back uh, and I studied my master's in uh, computer games uh, development uh, at Queen's. Right. Um, and that, that was really about the, the low level um, of, of the games themselves. Mm-hmm. So looking at how the, the physics, the artificial intelligence, the rendering and all the different components that are, desi- are required for the designers and the developers to go off and build the games and movies um, of the future. Uh, so through that was, as well, I did a lot of uh, research around security. Um, uh, that was around how to break into a, a mobile phone from a thousand miles away. Um, ends up, it was pretty easy. Uh, That's, and, and, that's yeah. kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary. I remember, um, I remember my my lecturers when I was going through my uh, Viva. They uh, they turned their phones off. So, uh, <laughs> so I won't say who they are, but uh, they they must have had something to hide that day. Um, they, they were so yeah, they were certainly afraid. Um, but it was it was certainly it was very very interesting to kind of see the the vulnerabilities that um, that that technology that has, and and luckily those issues have have since been resolved. Um, then I, uh, whenever I finished up at uh, university, I then uh, started working for a company based here in Belfast and London uh, called Big Motive, a creative technology company. So they, there I was the CTO and I was uh, helping them uh, develop uh, products and services for companies like uh, BBC mm-hmm. um, and Net-A-Porte um, and lots of other um, kind of companies around the UK and Ireland. Uh, and then I kind of moved off and kind of did my own consultancy where I was working with kind of local companies um, like Cambridge Silicon Radio and uh, startups around here as well. And really why I came around from um, from my bike being stolen from two floors underground. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, like, um, I guess uh, being an engineer and having a, a, a kind of obsessive personality, um, I decided I want to figure out a way that I could build a tracker that would work in those really harsh conditions. So uh, what I designed was uh, a device that would allow um, all uh, smartphones and bikes to speak to each other, mm-hmm. even if they didn't know each other. Um, so you can imagine that all every phone has a cellular signal and GPS on it. Mm-hmm. So the phone itself would detect the bike going past it, um, even if it's just sitting in your pocket. And then it would send that signal up to the cloud and then say, I saw that bike. Um, so then you'd be able to track it at a really, really low cost and even in uh, difficult conditions. Um, but one of the things I, I noticed while I was going through that whole process was um, that turning that into something really usable was was an even bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's where why I was really born from. The kind of the early stages of why was all around um, helping uh, developers um, and makers around the world to go off and build their own their own Internet of Things devices um, in an easy way. Um, so before they would have had to spend months and months trying to build out their own code and infrastructure and, and all the different elements. Um, but with our platform, they can do it with just a few lines of code um, in, in a matter of minutes. Um, and we've since then evolved the company to now um, not just help developers, but we also help uh, large companies um, to go off and build their own products um, of the future around the, our suite of products. 
Um, so that's, yeah, that's a little bit about us, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. sounds really, really yeah. interesting. So I have lots of questions for you, of yep. course. Um, one of them to start off with is what exactly is the Internet of Things? Because a lot of people have heard the term, but maybe mm -hmm. don't know exactly what that is. So if you can tell us a bit more about that. I, I, absolutely. And I think the, there are a lot of different definitions going around about what, what are the Internet of Things. And people talk about smart fridges and kind of self-driving cars and things like that. Um, we have a bit of a different definition for it. Um, mm -hmm. And really... The, the, the Internet of Things is really, it, it's really this constellation of, of devices that when kind of uh, connected together, they create an ecosystem that can be, uh, derive value. Um, and there are three components to the, to the Internet of Things itself. Um, the first component is, is the hardware. And, and that hardware um, is really, we look at that as atomic devices. And why, why, why we call them atomic devices is unlike something like your, um, like your smartphone, your laptop, or even the self-driving car, um, they just do one thing and do one thing very well. They'll detect motion, they'll take a photo, they will um, kind of uh, be able to read temperature or humidity or something. Um, so they, they, that, that's what their job and their purpose is. But when linked in together, then they, they, then they become worth a lot more. Um, so there's the hardware piece and then the software. Um, the software that sits on that hardware, which is there um, manipulating the device itself. And then the, the software that sits up in the cloud too, which is there for the device management and for integrating with other services. And then the third piece is the connectivity. And the connectivity is how you get that um, data from the sensors up into the cloud. So then you can start to build out that ecosystem and, and create that value chain. And when you, when you put all those things together, um, for businesses, what that creates is uh, new product opportunities and uh, potential operational efficiencies. And for consumers, what that means is they can create a personalized value um, with the suite of products that they have at home. Yeah. So you said that you're working with a lot of developers and people from all over mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, what are the kind of devices they're using um, Wire to build? Yeah, so we, we see a wide, wide range of different things that people do. Um, so for example, um, like I remember one time uh, the, the, we, we saw one person who was just using our platform to measure the temperature of their sauna. Um, okay, that, that's a fancy house. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, unfortunately we, didn't get to see, we didn't get to see it. Uh, we, we, just, uh, we just knew that they had been doing it and, uh, and, and a hot tub. So I don't, not, not, not not everyone was, uh, does that around our platform. Abs absolutely not. Um, kind of some of the some of the key things that people would use our our platform for would be around kind of logistics for um, kind of the tracking of devices uh, for agriculture. Um, kind of for um, like if, if even for some of the kind of the companies that we work with in, in the semiconductor industry and they're building out um, whole new product suites and everything as well. So it's, we, we're really a horizontal uh, company. So we work across a wide range of different verticals. Um, and luckily the products that we've designed allow us to kind of create, uh, sorry, allow us to enable um, those developers and companies to create the, 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 the wide range of products very, very easily. Yeah. And then the people that are using your products as well, mm -hmm. are they from a development background? Do they have to understand the mm. basics of, say, things like coding or building something digitally? Or Sure. No, they, they don't have to be. And, and if anything, we, we're trying to, I guess, open up this whole industry to more people. Um, so even though I've talked about developers, really what we're trying to do is to enable anyone to become an engineer. Um, enable anyone to have the skill to, to, to build the things that they want, whether they are um, a hobbyist or whether they are um, someone in a large corporate innovation team. So to, I guess, to, to kind of work towards solving that problem, um, we, we actually released our own hardware. Um, so we released our first hardware product this year, and that's called the Dot One. And the Dot One is designed as the kind of the first device you'll ever use to go off and learn how to build smart connected electronics. 
And the, uh, the output of that learning is a utility. So it's something that you'll use every day. So we had been targeting, um, tar- uh, targeting it towards kids for a while. And we mm-hmm. were saying, oh, learn how to build your own monster detector. Of course, the parents were the monsters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just don't tell them that. Yeah. Uh, and and they're, 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 but, what, but the key thing is that they're, they're able to do all of that without learning how to code. Like we had, um, we ran a session with uh, Color Dojo and the Dutch Royal Family a couple of months ago. So we had the King and Queen um, and, and some kids from the Color Dojo all building uh, around our, our product suite. And even the Queen herself brought some kits home for the princesses. Um, and th- they were able to do all of that because of the accessibility of the product itself. And I, I think that, that that's one of the things, that one of the key things that we've noticed in the Internet of Things industry that uh, there isn't enough consideration taken for. And that's, that is around the UI, the UX of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of people who do amazing things in, like, uh, in the hardware space, in the software space, in, in the connectivity space, but no one actually really properly looks at how do all these things really fit together? And how do we, uh, how do we make it really easier and really, really accessible to everyone? And that, that, that's why we've, we're kind of obsessed with the design side, mm-hmm. um, so with our branding, our messaging, and with our products. Um, and that's that's given us that kind of that bigger audience to um, to go out and reach out to, um, and th- as a result, then they're able to get their wins even quicker because before, when they're maybe spending months trying to learn how to code and build their own infrastructure and stuff, we have eight-year-old kids who are who are doing the exact same job within a matter of minutes using drag and drop, and they don't have to write one line of code. Um, and that, that's really the, the future of not just not just this industry, but um, but many other industries is codeless platforms, and that's a term you'll probably hear a lot more of over over the over the coming years. And do you think that's very important then down the line as well, like having that ease of access, meaning that meaning that more users can come on board and start using your product quickly? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so really, we're we're now starting to focus on the B two B side, and on the B two B side, we are working with uh, corporate innovation teams. So we're going in and teaching them how to build um, themselves around the dot one and uh, and and our, our software products as well. And for them, a lot of those people aren't engineers, and they they've maybe tried to do POCs or they've tried to build out you know kind of MVPs or something. And they haven't been able to do that because they've maybe gone off to some kind of lengthy procurement cycle, or they've put a lot of money in a project and it didn't work out. But now they're able to validate things within a matter within a matter of minutes, um, or sorry, get things up and going and validate them quicker. And th- th- I, I guess that that is that is kind of removing that obstacle is one of the key things to drive this industry forward. That that anyone can enter it just like they can just just like with websites today, where anyone can build a web or WordPress website or kind of use Squarespace or something like that. Really, having those set of tools for the Internet of Things is the next stage of being able to, I guess, uh, have the growth that everyone has anticipated in the industry. Yeah. So that sort of links in as well with our theme of power for mm. this year's Belfast Design Week. Sure. Um, how do you think that the Internet of Things and the theme of power link up together? Yeah, I, I think I think what's interesting there is. If I was even to talk, if I'm even to talk about like how we see people interact with our products, mm-hmm. they, they, like okay, so if I, I would put a kit in front of someone who's never done any of this before, and 99 times out of 100, uh, what they'll say to me is, "I can't do it," and that's before they've even looked at it. That's before they've even begun, mm-hmm. and within five minutes, they've built a hardware product, and then they're going, "Oh, I did do it," you know, and and they did it themselves. And so the, I think that the the power of that is that suddenly people have access to tools that they, that they never had. And this, you can you can have your pool of ideas can become a reality um, because you're able to um, use these these things that, that that we provide and kind of other companies provide I guess as well um, to go off and, and turn uh, turn those into something tangible. Yeah. 
So I think that's really important in terms of power because it can be that, you know, seeing something um, succeed in a short amount of time then gives you the confidence to do more and do more beyond that as well. Exactly. It's, it's about the wins. Um, and yeah. certainly when it, when it comes to, um, if you take the hardware out of it um, and just focus on the kind of say, software engineering, um, like uh, developers get, you know, maybe 100 wins a day. And what, what I mean by that is every time your code compiles, you know, that's, that's a micro win in the back of your mind. And so I think it's really important to, to I guess, uh, to, to enable those wins. Um, and that's why what we're looking at is how can we gamify the whole experience mm-hmm. and gamify the experience, sorry, at the early stages, and then also provide that as a robust set of tools to then go from that idea that you've got in a shed in the middle of nowhere to a fleet of devices that are spread out across the whole country. Yeah, it's like step by step, seeing how it can reach a bigger scale. Exactly, and and what we do with the companies that we work with is we we walk them through that process. Um, and so we, we we've companies that really come to us with, you know, the brief is essentially something on the back of a napkin. Um, one time it was literally on the back of a napkin. <laughs> uh, and and what, what what we do then is we we then take that and then. To teach them how, we, 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 we collaborate with them I think I think that's going back to actually your, your point about power um, it, it, it's not really us going off and go, building for and then coming back they collaborate with us and they learn about it they learn about all the different uh, the different pieces of it so that they have a bit more knowledge on their side and they're able to work together with us on building out the products that they need because they're maybe the, the, the experts in their industry mm-hmm. we may be the experts in building the products but if you can if you mesh those two things then you've got something really really powerful yeah, yeah. that's very true yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a bit more about Waya. So is it like it was at the very beginning or has it changed since you started and in what ways? Uh, Yeah, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's changed quite a lot. Um, Yeah, it's we we start off with kind of providing this, um, I guess, providing this platform for for makers. Um, And it was going to be a software only platform. No plans to really ever even look at hardware or anything else. And as we got deeper and deeper into the industry, we realized that we, we had to go even bigger. And th- th- so that's why we've got products in um, the wire cloud and the software side. We've got the dot one and the hardware. We've got um, our own connectivity network that we're hoping to roll out over the next year across Europe. So we're really, really excited about having all those different pieces, um, which I had never anticipated whenever I started um, start, started off the company. And it, it's, it, it's, it's what, what we've noticed is you have to be able to do all the things. You have to be able to change the time change and you have to be able to evolve as a company and adapt uh, to, to kind of keep, keep yourself relevant and to attain, the, I guess, the biggest opportunity in the market itself. And yeah. then how do you keep on learning these new skills? Is it self-taught? Do you have to keep on um, finding out what's next or how do you find out? Yeah, it's, 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 there's quite a lot of things to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah, so certainly, yeah, because even if you just pick one of those three things around the hardware, software, connectivity, there's a lot of stuff in just even one of those. So suddenly you find yourself having to become very um, multidisciplinary and, and we've a great team that are um, across all, all everything across uh, engineering, sales, operations, marketing, ev- everyone is really, really good at being cross-disciplined and understanding all the different things that are there. But you, you really have to d- dive in and just um, kind of, I guess you have to embrace um, new technologies very, very rapidly um, because the use cases are so varied. Um, they're very, 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 very different. So one thing that may work in agriculture may not work in logistics or um, you know, maybe some new te- new sensor or something comes out, and then you have to be able to kind of support it or be able to um, in- integrate it into a client's product product or something like that. Um, so certainly there is there's a lot of things that you have to do. Um, but what what we found is because because we were coming at this industry from a bit of a different angle, 
um, we, we were able to, I, I guess, look at the processes that are the kind of the kind of archaic processes in the electronics industry in a totally different way. So we, for example, we um, our, our first product, the Dot One. Uh, it, it, it was actually a back of a napkin idea too um, in, uh, in, in like November of last year and within a few months we had actually uh, built a couple of thousand units um, and they were fully tested fully ready for ready for distribution and um, fully approved by European standards and everything um, and usually that takes companies a couple of years and so we were we were certainly scratching our heads going okay we, we didn't really know anything about this and we've done this in a fraction of the time uh, what, what, what's, why is everyone else taking so long? Yeah. Um, so, 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 so now what we realized was, okay, we've actually learned a lot about the process. So that, that's one of the reasons why we kind of set up the services side of the business because we re- recognized how many companies, small or large, were struggling with getting through that, uh, that kind of uh, the, the prototype to pilot to production process. And we wanted to take our learnings and give it to them to enable them to get out to the market e- even faster. But, but certainly coming in uh, and looking at it from a different angle and almost like, uh, I guess, trying to Tesla-ify the, 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 whole, uh, the whole kind of, ele- uh, kind of end- end-to-end ele- electronics market um, has, has certainly worked to our advantage. Yeah. And then you were saying a bit about your team and you work with a, mm. a wide range and a multidisciplinary team. Yeah. Um, how many people do you work with and how did you build that team of people or how did they come to you? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk through a few people on the team. Uh, so we have 11 on the team now. Um, yeah, I was just, just kind of checking the math there in my head because we had literally someone new that joined this week. Um, actually, we, had, we, uh, we actually hired our um, uh, first commercial director, um, so right. she started with us on Monday. Um, so, um, so Claire was one of the heads of IBM, um, so, uh, specifically in the IoT space. Um, so we're really excited to have her on board. Um, and then Austin, our uh, COO, she um, was uh, head of operations in a Silicon Valley startup before where she managed 225 people. Um, and uh, I guess that one, uh, sorry, she, uh, she ended up joining the team kind of, it's almost by accident really. Um, so what happened was a friend of a friend uh, said, oh, this, 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 this lady is in, uh, is in Dublin. She's thinking about moving over here from California. Uh, you know, I thought it'd be good if you two met up. So I met her and she was looking for a job and looking to kind of settle down here. And I, at the time I didn't have a job, but kind of, I guess one of the things you learn uh, in, in, in this uh, sorry, whenever you're starting off is um, the importance of team. And I guess when, when in that scenario, I kind of like we, we hit it off pretty well. So I thought, OK, I'm going to make a job and just get her in on the team. And, you know, we'll we'll figure it out after. And I'm very, very glad that I, that I made that decision. Um, and then uh, we've got our, our, our lead uh, solutions engineer was previously uh, CTO of a fintech startup before. Um, some of our interns were uh, actually uh, building uh, uh, Hyperloop pods for um, for Elon Musk's competition last year. Right. Um, and what are Hyperloop pods for those that don't know? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and also what is Hyperloop? Yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not the pods aren't like yeah. Nespresso pods or anything like that. Um, yeah. So um, so Hyperloop is kind of I guess uh, is, is kind of a new new uh, method of transportation mm-hmm. um, that we can get get from A to B in a, fr- a fraction of the time at a fraction of the cost. So. If I was to explain, uh, if I was to give kind of an example of, I guess something kind of similar. Uh, if, if anyone ever notices, whenever they're in, they're in Tesco uh, at the till, and there's like the little little pods that they put in, sorry, that they put the, all the money into, mm-hmm. and then they, and that's beside the till, and then it kind of shoots off uh, down a tube. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much Hyperloop, um, but it's for designed for people and designed over to last over hundreds, potentially even thousands of kilometers. 
Um, so the students that um, were uh, working for us uh, and still are, uh, they were designing, uh, they were part of a student uh, competition mm-hmm. where they had to design a pod that would work um, with this technology. And so they made it down to the final 20. They all flew to L.A. Then they were actually one of the only five who were allowed to um, test their pod on the test track. And uh, Elon Musk himself was there and gave them the uh, the, the Designer Innovation Award. Wow. Um, so, they, so it was so, so whenever I kind of saw that, I kind of thought, yeah, we got to get these guys. Yeah, uh, so, that's so, exciting. Yeah, and, uh, and they're still students and they're, they're very, very talented. Um, every, 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 to be honest, everyone, like we were very, very happy with the team. Everyone is extremely talented um, across across every every sector. Um, and I, I, I think one of the things, when, when it comes to the team, I guess, I guess one of the big things for me around that is, um, so whenever I'm meeting people, I kind of first kind of at, at this stage you have to go look at okay are they good fit for the company right now mm-hmm. um so it's not it's not about it's not it's not really i guess about finding the kind of the smartest person in the room or anything like that it's about going who who's the right person for everyone mm-hmm. and 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 we we try to that, that, that's why we kind of try to bring 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 people on board um and we've been very very lucky and very very um i'm, I'm very um Kind of pleased with with uh, how everything has turned out so far, and uh, and we'll and we're continuing to hire. So anyone listening, if you're looking for engineering jobs, you know, let me know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're always looking for engineers. Um, so so yeah, but but yeah, just to just to kind of close off that point, I guess the the uh, the, uh, the 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 importance of team um, for anyone starting off a company is kind of number one, really. Yeah. And then to ask you a bit more about starting in Belfast and then uh-huh. moving to Dublin, um, what made you move from Belfast to Dublin and what's it been like being an entrepreneur here and then moving across to Dublin and the scene there as well? Sure. Um, so the reason reason why we moved was because I was offered a place on an accelerator program down there. So um, it's NDRC, uh, Launchpad Accelerator. Mm-hmm. So some companies who've gone through it. Um, have done extremely well. Um, I think uh, one of the companies actually is based here. Maybe Log Entries. They used to be based here. Um, they got sold for like seventy million. Um, and wow. another company, Box Ever, raised tens of million. Another company, Nerita's, have raised you know thirty or forty million or something as well. So there's been some really great success stories through that program. Um, and so that was part of the reason why I, I wanted to go down there and kind of be part of that and kind of get into uh, get into that ecosystem. And for for our industry, there was just a lot more happening down there. Um, th- th- there was like there's a lot happening in the electronics, not just in Dublin, but actually in the southwest of Ireland too. So there's a lot of manufacturing facilities, a lot of big uh, semiconductors do- or companies down there as well. And we, I uh, well, sorry, I, I wanted to embed um, myself and and the company in, into 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 that a bit more. And we've really embedded ourselves quite deeply into it now. Um, we're based in uh, Dogpatch Labs. Which is actually a sister space with uh, the Ormo Baths here in Belfast. Right. Um, so it's they're all part of the Google for Entrepreneurship Network, right. and so that that's kind of uh, so Dogpatch Labs is kind of thought of as the, this the kind of the the center point for startups in in Dublin and Ireland, um, and we, we get a lot of amazing people coming in um, to to the space coming in to meet us. Uh, and th- that was part of kind of part of the reason why um, I guess for the uh, the network and the availability of, uh, of also venture capital as well. And yeah. then in Dogpatch Labs, is uh-huh. it lots of tech entrepreneurs working together, or is it a range of different kinds of entrepreneurs? Yeah, there's there's quite a quite a, quite a range. Um, I think there's about eighty different companies in there now. Um, so that, that all goes from kind of one person bands all the way up to kind of large corporates like uh, like Pivotal and Unilever and ESB. They're all based in there. Um, and there are even other Internet of Things 
kind of companies there, like uh, Kintus, who are a really cool company. Uh, they're doing facial recognition for cows, right? Um, which is, which is <laughs> and interesting. What will that be used for as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I think I think I think what they're using it for is for whenever cows go up for feeding, um, that they're able to automatically detect who they are and give them the right nutrients. Um, so I think that's what it's for. Um, they will they will give the pitch way better than I would. <laughs> and but, is it to stop greedy cows as well? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's to stop one cow from eating all the food. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's, and they, they they're doing uh, amazingly well. Um, and uh, and and I guess uh, the the founder of Dogpatch himself um, comes from a startup background as well, so he really gets the industry. Um, so so it's it's good to be there. Uh, it's certainly one of the things that motivates me is being in a busy environment with loads of other people who are doing cool things. Um, so um, that's what I, I'm constantly looking for, um, that, like uh, cool companies. Even if they're even if they're competitive companies, it's mm-hmm. still fine. At the end of the day, it's not a, no no industry is by one company. It's 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 uh, if there's more competitors, then chances are you're onto something. Yeah. Um, because there's because there's more noise around it. Um, so 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 yeah. So it's, you know, it's good good being part part of that. But I, I do I do miss mm-hmm. being up in Belfast, and um, we're even briefly briefly saying before. Um, about about any time I come up, it's it's it just seems to be it's, it's, it just seems to be a, a different city every every month now. It just it seems to be there just seems to be, seems to be so many great things happening up here. Just so much transformation, incredible amount of transformation. Um, just even just even walking around the city, it's just yeah, it's just so so vibrant now. Um, and I I think like um what 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 I would like to see more and certainly something that, that I would like to help out with, um is. I guess bridging that disconnect between the two cities, because um, it doesn't really make much sense. Okay, so they're the, the two-hour train journey between each other, mm-hmm. but in the tech startup space, um, Belfast startups couldn't tell you what Dublin startups are doing. Dublin startups couldn't tell you what Belfast is doing, and there is no reason for that. Um, so I think there, there there needs to be something done to bridge that gap, and for the companies to be more interconnected and look at leverage the benefits of each other's uh, cities. Um, and I think uh, if we're able to get even higher, sorry, faster transport or whatever, that would really help. But it, even still, the transport isn't that slow. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's two bad. hours on a train. It's, it's, yeah, I just got it today. It's, it's all it's always fine. Um, so, so, so yeah, kind of bridging bridging that divide. Um, it's, a, it's a kind of an artificial divide as well. It's not as if someone intentionally did it. Um, uh, but but it just it just they're they're just really the the two. The, I think the two ecosystems should become a lot more um, kind of combined. A lot more linked up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What are some of your favorite things about being an entrepreneur? What do you enjoy the most? Podcasts, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of them. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I guess I, I guess what's exciting about about kind of kind of starting a company is well, well, well. I, I'm I, I I love learning new things, and you really have to learn a lot of new things whenever you're doing it, um, and you have to kind of. Uh, you have to evolve very quickly. Um, so one day you're maybe doing legal. This next minute you're doing engineering. You know, the next minute you're kind of dealing with kind of kind of a HR or something like that. Um, so you have to wear a lot of hats. Um, so I, I, I like that challenge. I really really enjoy that challenge. But also, I guess um, having the ability to 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 create something amazing. So um, like the the, the even uh, creating the team, creating the the uh, I put the products, kind of creating those relationships with, with uh, clients, and kind of just what what excites me really is seeing the things that kind of people build, um, and the things that we build for people too. Um, I think that is kind of the engineer uh, mentality that I have. That where I just get en- excited when I see things working. 
Um, but luckily, like, like that engineering mentality can be applied to other things, whenever whether it's business or marketing or, or any other any other part of the company. Um, so those would be the things that that I that I definitely really enjoy. Uh, I guess um, about, about about kind of kind of starting off a company. Yeah. What have you found to be the most challenging things so far in your journey? Has there been a couple of things or are there any? Oh, there's a big parts? list. Uh, <laughs> What's yeah. the top of that list? Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> what would be the top, in that li- top of that list? It'd take a while to sort it. Um, yeah, th- I guess um, I, I guess one of, one of the things that I, I would have struggled to do, like I've, I've like talked about engineering a bit, is you, you've, you, very, you, you have to realize that um, product or engineering is only one piece of the puzzle, right? mm-hmm. and so I would have been spending a lot of time, kind of with the kind of the hoodie up and kind of the, the two black screens with all of the code on them, uh, kind of just writing code all day. Um, but but then there wouldn't have been anything happening on the, the other parts of the business, mm-hmm. and you, you kind of realize that you you have to you have to give them as much, if not maybe even more attention. Mm-hmm. Than than the things that you like doing, um, so so what I started doing there was I started to color code my ca- uh, calendar um, with uh, across uh, kind of uh, marketing, business development, engineering, kind of networking, and all those different things. I'm I'm actually colorblind, but I can still tell the difference in the colors. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I'm only mildly <laughs> red green. Uh, yeah, um, so the, yeah, whenever it comes to kind of the, the, actually our own style guides and everything, I, the, I just they just give me the hex values, and it's just like there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> these are these are our primary and secondary colors and everything. It's just like there you go. Uh, don't 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 mess them up. Um, yeah, so the, the, doing things like that are really really important, yeah. and we, we're really obsessed with the processes mm-hmm. and looking at how we we can uh, how, how we can make things more efficient. So one of the one of the things that uh, we we actually implemented, which is not really a challenge, but I think it's just something that's that would be interesting for people listening, is uh, so I got, got I was given a bit of advice by um, a friend from a program I was on in Silicon Valley last summer. Uh, and what he does with his team um, and what we now do is on a Friday at 4 p.m., everyone kind of like sits in a circle. Um, luckily, you can do this whenever you're a small company. Um, it's very kind of kumbaya, um, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> light a fire guitar. in the middle of the office yeah, and get the guitar, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. marshmallows. Um, so what, what we then do is uh, we, we, we sit there and we go through five questions. Mm-hmm. And the five questions are, uh, what did you achieve this week? Mm-hmm. What did you not achieve this, this week? Uh, what obstacles did you have? Uh, what learnings um, did you, did you have? And also any other open suggestions? And what was what what was amazing about implementing that was um, it, it it was really it lifted a lot of things off a lot of people's shoulders. Um, so like the, even 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 we've told us some stuff on the business side, but even things came out on the personal side that we didn't know, and that that, that really really helped the team bond and I guess create a, a more open kind of kind of level feel for everyone. And then going into the weekend, they were feeling feeling good um, because you know the kind of it's almost like a mini therapy session uh, yeah, to, to, to finish off the Friday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's offloading. So then you can you can spend that weekend resetting, um, and you can get up and going. Uh, get, get ready to up and go, get up and going again on Monday. Yeah. I think that's a great idea yeah. to have a bit of space just to think and reflect on things. Yes. Sometimes you feel that startups are all about being busy and yeah. there's not much time and you have to keep rushing, but that's nice to have that space to reflect as well. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really, really important for, for, for I guess, getting that, uh, that work-life balance right. So certainly one of the things that we do whenever we're bringing on new team members 
is we basically get them to tell us the blueprint of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if maybe you like going horse riding on a Wednesday afternoon or there's maybe if something you do on a Friday morning or whatever, um, we work around you. Um, and everyone, everyone knows what they have to do. It's more task-driven environment rather than the kind of clock in, clock out. I'm, I'm not a fan of the clock in, clock out thing because I think you know I think it's important that people uh, have their personal lives um, kind of as as a high, as a high priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, whenever you're a task-driven environment, just works so much better for for for, um, for so many more, uh, people because then you've got these milestones to work towards by the end of the week. And if you get it done early, great. Yeah, you know you can you can do whatever you want for the rest of the week. Um, <laughs> well, no, I'll find more work. Um, <laughs> but you, you, but that, that 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 really helps people to I guess um, be at ease um, and uh, and and kind of allows us to be flexible with with their scenarios. Yeah. And then, how do you find work life balance yourself? Mm. And yeah. what inspires you, or what helps you stay inspired and continue coming up with new ideas? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess getting, getting, working on good habits is a good thing. So, so uh, getting up early, going going for a run when I when I, when I can, um, and kind of kind of spending a lot of time reading and things like that. Those are the good things that I would do to I guess to to reset and kind of. I remove myself so there'd be days where I would try to just kind of remove myself from technology altogether um so almost like a technology detox um and and kind of just isolate myself uh, and just kind of uh, kind of embed myself in kind of fiction non-fiction and kind of like learn new things and kind of embrace new stories um and I think that's really important um like personal development should never stop um it should always be a, like a key thing um, certainly, as we were talking about earlier, when it comes to the product and engineering side, personal development is required to mm-hmm. actually do things. Um, but I guess it can be pushed to the side um, in your in your in your own life, um, or for anything else that you're inspi- aspiring towards, um, because uh, but because you may not may not prioritize it whenever you should. And we 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 certainly try to prioritize it um, with with the team as well. So. We're starting tonight to build up a little bit of a library and stuff in the office, and kind of looking at kind of different training programs and everything, or kind of bringing in advisors who can help, um, kind of help en- engineers and everything, um, because that, that's just really key for the, for the growth. Yeah. And what do you think are some of the interesting reads or listens mm. um, at the minute in your sector? What what's really inspired you recently? Yeah. Um, so th- I guess I'm really interested in the psychology of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if, I, if we talk, kind of relate this to design a bit, I guess. Um, a really great short book. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Hooked. Um, so what it talks about is the hook model. Um, and so the hook model, uh, you, you don't realize it, but you're, you're kind of embracing the hook model maybe 30, 40, or maybe even hundreds of times a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I'll, I'll give you a quick, um, quick example that they use in the book of the hook model. So the hook model is made up of four different elements. Um, the first element is the trigger. Um, so I'm going to use Instagram as, as an example. That's that's kind of one from the book. Um, and so one of the, uh, the, sorry, the two different types of triggers are external and internal triggers. So with Instagram, you have the external trigger, which is the push notification on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internal trigger is FOMO, fear of missing out. So mm-hmm. you want to see something new. Um, so then the next piece, uh, the second piece is the action. And the action is taking your phone out and opening up the app. Uh, then the third piece is the variable reward. And the variable reward is whenever you go into your feed and it changes. So this is why you don't get kind of chronological feeds as much anymore. They're all algorithmic because they want to give you something new. Um, and then the fourth piece is the investment. And the investment may be uh, you go on and you click on that notification, you, you like someone's photo or you write a comment or you even upload your own content. Mm-hmm. 
and that cycle just keeps going round and round and round and round. Um, and that that's that that model is used in certainly it's a very very popular model in um, in uh, in social media. Um, but I guess it can be used for more ethical purposes. And uh, <laughs> kind of not not yeah not, not as not as hooked um, in in, uh, in in other products as well. So that, so that, that's that's a really really interesting. Uh, a really, really interesting read if you're into the kind of psychology of things for kind of uh, kind of companies uh, start uh, starting off. Obviously, or for anyone who wants to start a company, uh, the lean startup is obviously one of the things that you would kind of start reading. The Eric Ries book. It's 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 um it's kind of almost thought of as a bible by many people in the, in the kind of the tech startup world. Mm-hmm. Um, another really great one and a very very visual book um is one called Value Proposition Design. Mm-hmm. So it's all around um kind of giving good examples of how you can create your business model canvas and your and, and and your and your value prop as well. Um, so there, there'd be some some examples um, in terms of uh, podcasts or audiobooks or anything like that. Um, I'm really enjoying uh, kind of a, a, the Sapien series at the moment. So um, kind of just finished the 21 uh, lessons for the 21st century, um, which is a great listen slash read. Um, and uh, kind of going listening to uh, Homo Deus as well, which is another book in that series, which kind of talks about the future of things. Um, I'm sorry, by, and by things I mean just the world, not not the Internet of Things. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's really really fascinating from I guess from I guess even a, philo- a philosophical perspective um, as to, as to um, how the kind of the vision that the author has for um, for I guess the world going forward, both culturally, socially, and economically as well. So do you think it's important then to start reading about things that are linked to but outside your sector as well? I, I think it's, I think it's important to read things that have nothing to do with anything. I uh, sorry, anything um, that you do typically, and yeah. uh, it, I think that that's a really really key thing. Uh, so it's it's I think it's really really important to 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 kind of. T- tap into other different things and create that uh, and look at creating the connections um, after like I think just diversity in general is super important um, because that's where you learn so many things from kind of di- kind of different people and different topics and different different things and, and if you can learn how to I guess collate all of that together then you've got something extremely powerful so um, kind of one of the things that has nothing to do with um, with, with what uh, kind of what I do in my typical day, um, but uh, sorry, it's nothing to do with it. But I would read a lot about it. Would be like brain science and looking at how the kind of different compartments of the brain works and kind of the kind of different psychological elements, but also the different physical elements. Um, and the, 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 that that is just an interesting topic that I find that um, kind of maybe someday it'll be relevant um, to to what I'm doing. Uh, you know, maybe maybe yeah, maybe we'll implant chips or something. Um, <laughs> but but it's uh, but it's it's something that I guess if you've got a, 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 an interest in something, just embrace it. There's no reason um, why you can't just start learning things. Certainly with the resources that are out there, um, kind of with. Uh, audiobooks or ebooks or um, or kind of even YouTube if you want to get lots of free content. Um, I think that's it's, it, there's no excuse to kind of go off and just kind of learn uh, different things. Yeah. And what kind of advice would you give somebody that's just starting out in the industry or mm-hmm. their dream is to have a startup? Yeah. What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. So go, going back to the earlier point of team, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's really really important. Um, so I started off as a solo founder. So uh, and. I, I guess I, I, one of the things that I wish I had done earlier was worked on building out that team at an earlier stage um, and potentially even finding co-founders um, rather than kind of, I guess, trying to run the whole thing. Um, so th- that is that is extremely important. And uh, the other thing that I would say is uh, validation is key. Uh, so um, I've, I've seen it happen a lot where people go off and start building products and services and stuff and they haven't 
even if the market wants it. Um, and so I guess you can, you can go off and create an MVP. An, an MVP doesn't have to be a fully blown working product. I think that that's what people get confused by. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just has to be something that, um, that proves that, that there is value in your proposition mm-hmm. or that you're able to provide value to a customer. So an example of, of an MVP uh, from the Lean Startup book, um, I think it's from it. Anyway, I've, I've said before it's from it, so I'm just going to stick with that. Um, <laughs> is is around a, a, a grocery company um, who wanted to create an e-commerce platform for for ordering kind of your your food. Um, so they could have spent hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, uh, building out the whole platform, but they didn't. Um, so they started off a little bit differently. Uh, so what they what the CEO did was he uh, managed to get a list of potential customers. He went to their house. He got the list of groceries, he bought the groceries, and he brought them back. <laughs> you know, and Very that was logical. it. That was it, exactly. And But what he was doing was he was validating his proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and he was doing it for practically nothing. Um, and he was actually making money as yeah. well. So, uh, so th- 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 that was really, really key. And then uh, uh, that was obviously an extremely manual process starting off. Mm-hmm. But then you're, you're able to take that and look at automating the different pieces after mm-hmm. and look at, okay, here's, there's this piece and we can automate that for X amount of time, uh, kind of cost or time. Um, so, uh, so, so, so I think that, 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 that's one of the things I would definitely advise that go off and spend way, way, way more time in validation. Um, and the good thing about that as well, whenever you're kind of going off and talking to customers or kind of, uh, kind of providing them with value is that you may find a totally different opportunity that's bigger. Mm-hmm. And you and you can then go and run after that as well. Um, so, so so yeah, those those be the two things: t- team and team validation. Yeah. Um, with Wyo, what do you see happening next? Mm-hmm. What would you love to see happen with the company? So the the big thing for us really right now is that we're becoming a B two B focused company. So our, our kind of if I was to distill it down to one line, what we're what we're providing is an end to end innovation platform for companies who are building Internet of Things solutions. And so our kind of goal is to not only have people at the prototype stage kind of building things around the platform, but to to do everything for them. So they come to us and we do we take care of all of the kind of the production. They, um, potentially even the fulfillment of the devices, kind of get them deployed out across the world for them. And we manage all of that for, for the companies. Um, so I guess the exciting opportunity for us is that we'll be developing a whole new portfolio of products for, for lots of different companies. And that will come with lots and lots of different challenges, both commercially and um, from an engineering perspective. Uh, so and there, there, are, there are more design challenges in there as well. So there are there, there, there are just so many design challenges in the Internet of Things industry. And we've been very fortunate to have our, our, our head of design um, who's been there with us from 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 the start, um, Andy Henry. Um, so he he's really kind of helped us uh, to create this really unique brand. Uh, within the whole uh, with all the Internet of Things industry, that's made us kind of stand out and made us be someone that companies want to want to approach. Um, because when it comes to the innovation pieces, com- companies like like companies like us, especially at our current stage right now, because they they go okay, well these these guys kind of can do things extremely fast that we could never even do. We can't even get an email reply, but and they've built the product, yeah. um, you know. And, <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, and and so 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 I guess looking going forward and looking at how we can uh, I guess streamline those engineering uh, kind of production and design process further and further and further. Um, is one of the key things that we oh, that, sorry the three of the key things that we'll be working on uh, for businesses over the over the coming years, uh, and then the other big product thing I guess that we have is uh, is our connectivity network which we're hoping to roll out over the next year as well. 
And what does that mean, actually, with your connectivity mm. network? Um, what's that um, going to be like? Yeah, so just, just, so just like you have a um, cellular network for your phone, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have our own network for Internet of Things devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means if you either buy a device with us, uh, sorry, buy our .1 device, um, or, you, uh, kind of, or we build a device for you, it'll work anywhere in Europe. Um, without Wi-Fi or anything like that, it'll connect straight up. Um, and that'll be through our own network that, that we're partnering with some of the cellular companies on. Um, so the exciting part for the, for us is um, really that that really uh, closes off our kind of end-to-end offering around the hardware, the software, and the connectivity because we've got all of those things in, inside of the one package and we're able to offer those to our customers uh, from, from, from the get-go. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Yep. That's on, yeah. That seems like a really, really big, large-scale project. That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, so so what? luckily, um, from, from our perspective, we don't actually have to implement the physical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're able to um, to, to go create our, our basically a virtual network operator. So a bit like, um, I'm trying to think what the virtual network operators are up here. Uh, da, 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 you, you, oh, you would have had, oh, GIFCAF. Yeah, yeah. Th- that would be one. Yeah, so um, so like GIFCAF sits on top of O2's infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, for cell phones, we will sit on top of other um, cellular companies' infrastructure for specifically for Internet of Things devices. Right. Um, so so, so that, that, that's kind of, the, I guess, a, a comparative part there, yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah, that yeah. Great. It's, yeah, yeah it's fun. <laughs> so to ask you a final thought, mm-hmm. um, what do you see for the future of design in Northern Ireland and what would you like to see as well? Yeah, so what I would like to see is, I would love to see more people up here embracing the, the electronics industry. Um, and like uh, the kind of uh, we've talked a few times now about kind of the accessibility of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love I would love to see more people um, taking on that challenge and looking at how they can uh, use the I guess electronics to create products that they are kind of experiences that that they had never never imagined before. I think certainly from the live experience perspective, there are a lot of really cool things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, like even uh, I remember one project that we did for um, Maker Fair in Rome. Was I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a kind of a big f- fanboy for Stranger Things, oh, uh, yes. so I, yeah, I love that show. <laughs> uh, um, and so we, so what what we did there is we rebuilt the, the you know the wall where, where the kind of oh, the, yes. the Demogorgon talks uh-huh. talks through with all the light bulbs and the alphabet. Um, so we built that, um, and we had thousands of kids use that over the over one weekend, um, which was which was pretty cool. Um, but that was just a, like a bit of a cool live desi- design experience. Another one we did for a client, um, we actually built. Um, uh, sorry we took a a Lego Ferris wheel and we created a facial recognition camera and put that on it and when you smiled at it 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 would then start to uh, rotate Um, so it's it's kind of about uh, so I'd love to see up here um, how uh, I guess the design community could embrace these technologies to create these new fun uh, engaging experiences. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds really cool yeah. and I'd love to see something like that as yeah. well here again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, yeah. And if, if anyone wants to do it, drop me a mail. I'd be happy to help. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Colin. Is thank there you anything else you want to discuss or no, th- This has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah thank you so thank much you. for coming all the yeah. way down. We really appreciate it because we know you're a busy man. But, um, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. This mini-series was written and developed for Belfast Design Week, which runs from the 4th to the 10th of November. If you'd like to find out more about the festival, its events and opportunities, you can find us at belfastdesignweek.com. Thank you to Sean from Radio YMP and Matthew from the Best of Belfast podcast for letting us use their studios for this mini-series. Thank you also to Nathaniel Myers, who wrote, performed and recorded the music for this series.
This podcast was a collaboration between Turf and Green and Belfast Design Week and produced by myself, Simon Worthington, Ronan Lunny and Krishma Kursakar for Belfast Design Week 2019. See you at Design Week.